Hello and welcome back to Sitting In. You're listening to episode 11 and you're joined by Callum Stevenson, Jack Hannyside and yours truly, Mr. Rice Gilchrist. And I've been thinking, you know what I really dislike? You know the plug of a shower? You know when you live with a female and like hair gets trapped in the plug? Like... (laughs) That is the bane of my life in the mornings. How do you two feel about like hairy plugs? Yeah, and I, if you are listening to this and you have a solution to that, where you don't have to like constantly pour that stuff down to like melt all the hair, let us know. But on that note, another thing that I really dislike is when all I have to drink is tap water, which brings me on to uh, a very important note. First, make sure you do drink enough water. But second, if you want to support us, you can buy us a coffee via the link in the podcast description. Uh, That will go towards making sure that we don't just drink water and we actually have coffee and nice bean juice to fuel these episodes. Because, you know, water's, like, great. And you'll realise that I'm I'm Scottish and I don't pronounce my T's, so when I say water, I say water. But um, anyway, that was just my, my little bit on the buy me a coffee. If you want to support us, you know where to do it. Link in the description. And without further ado, I'm going to pass it over to Mr. Handyside, who's going to introduce today's episode. Of course. Yeah, this is an exciting one. So we thought we'd take in a different direction today and we would start talking a little bit about literature. So um, cue the <laughs> celebration noises and the turning of pages. Um, yeah, we were just talking about like inspirational books as well um, that have kind of helped us along the way and uh, you know the first kind of question that we all sort of had was like well do you just mean music books or do you mean you know like what scale books did you did you look at that helped you build up your technique but for me at least you know when you asked that Reese, um, it got my mind thinking to, to some books that I've read very recently and I'm sure that we'll kind of we'll get into all kinds of things you know biographies and theory books and other strange books as well but for me personally, I take a lot of um, inspiration from from literature. It's a big part of how I think about teaching. It's a big th- part of how I think about writing as well. You just um, said big fart. I did. <laughs> I did. That's a podcast moment right there. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I've always found literature to be quite a big um, inspiration for just changing my perspective on things as well. Um, and most recently, the thing that I've been reading, uh, where is it? You know. Again, this is the thing. The beauty of a bookcase is you can have hundreds of books in there and you don't have to have read them. Um, That's a topic for another day, though. Yes, so the thing I've been reading at the moment is a book called The Man Who Mistook His Wife for a Hat, which is by Dr. Oliver Sacks, who died uh, maybe about five years ago, I'd say. Um, And Dr. Sacks was played by Robin Williams in the... Oh, interesting. There you go, yeah. Which one is that? The... The... The musicophile. Ah, I see. Yeah, so, oh, I mean, we, great. We both know about Oliver Sacks. Well, Oliver Sacks famously was played by Robin Williams in the film Awakenings. And Oliver Sacks is most famous for his work as a uh, neurologist, basically. So he works with the brain. Very interesting. And he made the discovery of people who had sleeping sickness, which was a sickness that came about in, I think, the 1920s or 30s and affected people all the way into their later years, into their adult lives, and they uh, basically froze up like statues. And he was somebody that 
um, experimented with L-Dopa, which is like synthetic dopamine, basically. Um, so the stuff that you would find in ecstasy, essentially. Um, and these people woke up. So he was very much, uh, he, he was influenced and he was interested in finding out about people with rare neurological um, diseases. And the interesting thing reading this book as well, the, the man who mistook his wife for a hat, is that you would think, great, well, it's a, it's a book about neurology, supposedly, or strange cases. And it is about that. That's what the title of the book is, and it's, it's how he takes it as well. And so there's a lot of um, theoretical language in there, which I profess to know absolutely none of. Um, so it is a bit of a head spinner, I suppose, pardon the pun. But I think, you know, the really interesting thing about that book is the interest that he takes in each of his patients. So he sets the scene of the very first chapter is about the man who mistook his wife for a hat, who was a musician. He was a classical musician. And these are all real people as well. They're not, um, their identities aren't hidden. You know, nothing has kind of changed. These are real people that he's talking about. Documented cases as well, some of which we now know the answers to. But obviously back when he was writing about this stuff, which I believe was the 50s or 60s, that kind of time, they simply didn't have the information or the technology to know what we know now. And I think the thing that really hit home or has been hitting home for me um, is a is a I suppose it's a it's a point of contention that he really has about the practice of medicine and the application, if you like, of medicine to things that sound very similar but are very different. And I think for me, thinking about what I do as well, it really hits home. So his whole idea is that a lot of the time doctors take the patient at face value. They take the patient for their illness. And so the illness is the thing that's addressed. Therefore, this is somebody with this illness rather than um, the person, really. And I think the interesting thing about Oliver Sacks is he takes an interest in the individual. And so he makes it really clear about this is, you know, this is a guy who's a musician and this is his family. You know, he'll talk you through in the first chapter about, you know, I don't want to spoil it, obviously. <laughs> But he talks you through the first chapter of meeting his first patient and the strange, the strange issues that pop up for him um, and how he's kind of trying to think round this guy's way of thinking because he, he, he looks at um, pictures of family members and he can't recognize them, but he can recognize students in his classes. He's a professor at one of the music colleges. He can recognize um, his students by how they sing or how they play or that sort of thing. But he can't recognize faces and he can't follow uh, storylines as well. He can't follow, you know, the reason that people kind of do things as well. But more than that, it was his way of addressing the person most, you know, at the, at the foremost. And, and it's really interesting because I think like a doctor, I think as musicians or as teachers, we can we can get into the habit of addressing our students in a way that's like, OK, they have one problem. Then we solve that. You know, it's, it's kind of a bit of a transactional relationship in that they need this from us. We do this on to the next one, new relationship um, or new, you know, opportunity or whatever. And I think the really interesting thing is like, as soon as you start taking interest in the person, you start taking an interest in how this person lives with this difficulty or how this person is trying to kind of think their way around it as well. So it's very much a book about trying to see from others' perspectives rather than seeing what you uh, want to see or trying to kind of see from your perspective all the time, I suppose, as well. And at least, you know, from an educational standpoint, um, I think a lot of education is about trying to find your way out of your own perspective or try to develop lots of ways to see one problem solving method or perhaps seeing one issue as well. 
Um, but that's yeah, one one that that for me personally, I've I've taken a lot of inspiration from. It's been really good. But what about you guys? What what kind of stuff are you reading as well? And how has it influenced your 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 way right now? Um, just one question: When did you read that book? Just curious. I'm still reading it. In fact, reading, so I'm only sure. about halfway through it. Oh, nice, great. I just added it to my uh, my list. I've started a new thing, like yeah, this year where I find it hard to make the time. Or maybe like allow myself the time to sit and read a book. Now I do have a lot of books I want to talk about, but I have actually been listening to more audio books this year because I find that it's it's just easier for me to read. Well, I guess I'm not reading in that case. I'm I'm listening to a book, but I find it so much easier because I can couple it with doing something like going out a walk or shopping or the dishes or something else that I don't have to think too hard about. And so I've been listening to a lot of audio books actually. Um, I think. I've got one, two, three, four. Yeah, I managed to get through five audiobooks this year. And for me, like I would I wouldn't even get through five books in a year. Like I just I just never ever got into a really good habit of reading, I guess. But yeah. Let me let me think about what I'm gonna talk about because there's so many books that I do want to sort of shout out, but maybe I should just tell you what I've recently been listening to or reading and how it's uh affected me. So I listened to this really interesting book called The Backyard Adventure. And I don't know if anybody, if you don't know who Bo Miles is, he's this Australian guy and he's just, we'd call him, uh, he's Raj. He's like, he's just, he's just mental. <laughs> and what I mean by that is, uh, he's this character, this ginger, and this is a real guy, by the way, he's got a YouTube channel. This ginger Australian guy, got a wife, kid, lives away in the middle of nowhere, and he just does weird stuff, like canoes to work, and just sees how long it takes. Like, he finds a way to canoe to work, and like, makes a thing out of it, makes a film. And I read his book called The Backyard Adventure, and it's basically about, I think he started it during, oh no, no, it's a sum off a lot of big projects he had done, and he just talks about why he done them and I guess the sum of it is that you don't need to look farther than your backyard to like find something fun to do and his whole point is that like you know we're, we're all stuck inside on our phones and computers and the metaverse as Jack was talking about last week we forget what's really happening just like outside and that there's, there's so much opportunity to be had with like the simple things of like I mean he takes it to the extreme like canoeing to work and walking to work and it takes him days and he he just sleeps at the side of the road and does all these weird things. But I really enjoyed that. It just kind of reminded me that, you know, we got to get out and we got to do things and it doesn't always have to be governed by technology. Um, I am just going to list a few that I've been talking about because, or sorry, listen to. Another one that I really enjoyed was Man's Search for Meaning by Victor E. Frankel. Has anybody checked out that? So the original title for that book was... Oh, what was it called? From I think it was called From Death Camp to Existentialism. And it's a good summary of kind of what the book's about. Man's Search for Meaning is like, it's quite poetic, but... Um, yeah, it's about this guy who was a therapist... Wait, was he a therapist? Crap, I forgot. <laughs> yeah, I think he was a therapist. And he ended up in a concentration camp. But he did survive it. And he just talks about the whole process of that and like the stuff he witnessed. It's a really good storytelling book. But then the latter half is more of like a scientific 
analysis of what happened to people and like how they dealt with it and so on. And yeah, that was super exciting. And I feel like it was just, hmm, it's quite inspiring, I guess, you know, hearing someone who's like been there and gotten out. I feel like my book review skills are like nothing compared to Jack's. I feel like I'm just going to like list. I listened to Peppa Pig's uh, audiobook and uh, it made me happy. But hey, got rock with it. I've got one other that I want to tell you about. I listened to the Herbie Hancock Possibilities uh, autobiography. And that was really interesting just to hear about Herbie Hancock's life. Most of the books I have read in the last two years have been biographies or autobiographies. Um, I always find it really interesting hearing from particularly jazz artists who were, yeah, they were kind of either on the cusp or like right in the time when it was really hot and just how their lives turned out. Like Herbie Hancock's, uh, yeah, I think it leans a little bit too much on the whole Buddhist thing near the end. Like it becomes a little bit too much about that, but yeah, guys had a trip. But yeah, without going into any of the other ones on my my left, I have I have a couple that I wanna I wanna talk about. I'll pass it on to Callum. Sorry for my bad book review skills. Well, I was just gonna mention that you think yours are bad. You know, I think the the tier system is gonna go Jack, Reese, and then way down here where you can't see on the camera is is me. <laughs> so we'll see where we go. But yeah, mine's is um mine's might be a wee bit um I don't know maybe kind of out there. But like I, I I enjoy philosophy. I really love my philosophy. Um, so I have been, I've got a couple of books here. Uh, this one I was reading in PDF form first, and I just loved even just like the you know, first few passages so much that I was reading this one, Politics by Aristotle. Um, and that one is weird how, you know, the kind of topic, um, at hand is like kind of what we've been saying is like, what, what things are influencing us? Like what, what things are kind of, um, maybe helping us convey certain things to students in the kind of teaching world and things like that um a, a lot of more kind of stoicism and like you know almost like kind of quotes and stuff like that as well but just like teachings of philosophy and maybe stoicism have helped me kind of like what we were mentioning in um episode 10 uh let me see if i can remember what we were talking about it was, it was when students are in the room you know and they can't perform what they what they felt like they could when they were at home um, and it's, it's always something that's, um, I've always made like the student feel kind of very like safe in that space because they always think like there's no explanation to why they can't perform the way that they do in the house. And I think that just that added pressure of having someone else observing and almost like, you know, kind of positively critiquing and like problem solving and finding ways to improve on those things. It really highlights all the all the errors, but it's also the perspective thing. It's also now there's a listener, then now there's someone else that can hear the things that you can't perceive when you're in the moment, when you're actually doing the thing. Um, so there's a lot of things there that have been very influential um, in terms of just how I teach, how I speak. Um, lots of things that are really good kind of takeaways. Uh, and one of the things that I'll always say if you know if someone's like really messing things up, just get the repetitions in. It's like keep getting the repetitions in, and I guarantee that baseline of where you were at home will will just creep up. It's like one of these things where maybe, maybe say we say we graft, say we practice our stuff for like three hours a day. Um, and at that kind of like two, three hour mark, you're feeling really warmed up and you're feeling like, you know, you've, the technical chops are there, things are flowing, and then you go to it the next day. And it's not quite the same. And it's because like, feel like, you know, you, you maybe start here, here's your baseline. 
and you creep up over those three hours. But then you would hope that the next day it's like it still feels as good. But what I feel like happens is that baseline just a little bit higher than your baseline from before. But it can't, you can't see it because you're the person that's so aware of all the microscopic changes in your playing that it doesn't feel like there's any progress. But then as soon as the teacher sees something the next week, it's like they've not seen any of those microscopic changes throughout the whole week. And then, you know, the teacher's response is like, I can see you've put in the hours. Like, I can see all the things that you've been working on. Um, and that's that's something that, I, that keeps happening with students that always feel like they can't... Um, uh, they, they, they don't see themselves performing the way that they do um, from home to in the lesson. So that's just one little thing that I got into just from some of those things. I've got quite a few books here and I don't know, again, book reviewing skills are all over the place. So I don't know where I'm going to go, but some politics. Here's a great one, actually, before we kind of move on. This is uh, the Daily Stoic and it's 366 meditation. It's basically like a quote of day. So maybe... I just open it up on the thirty first of today, <laughs> please. And we and we see we see what's um what we've got. I've kind of cheated. I've went a wee bit ahead and read into February's um just because I was enjoying it. That's not very stoic of you to skip days. <laughs> I know, but that's you know long bus journeys home from uh, East Lothian. It's just I go, I just go go with it, go with the flow. Um, right, what have we got? philosophy as medicine of the soul um so yeah there's like the quote itself and then there's like a, an interpretation of it give, um, give so us a quote so the quote don't return to philosophy as a taskmaster but as patients seek our relief out relief and a treatment of sore eyes or a dressing for a burn or from an ointment regarding it in this way you'll obey reason without putting it on display and rest easy in its care. Now, when I, seem, when I read the, a lot of the quotes, again, something that I've learned from philosophy, I, I don't get the whole picture, like even after the 10th time of reading it. So I'll usually have to read that like lots of times. Um, and that, so do you think, before I actually read the interpretation, do you think you've got, like, what's your interpretation of that quote? Like, can, can you read, read it, it again? Like, yeah, of course. Um, so don't return to philosophy as a taskmaster, but as patients seek out relief in a treatment of sore eyes or a dressing for a burn or from an ointment, regarding it this way, you'll obey reason without putting it on display and rest easy in its care. Hmm. Okay, that's an interesting one. Um, let me take a stab at it. Why not? So I might be getting this way, way wrong, but... I think oftentimes, and like, I suppose we're all guilty of it now in that we can consume so much information online. You know, we can literally, um, you can go through millions and millions of accounts that are like alpha motivation or like um, financial motivation or, you know, whatever it is, things that get you out of bed or the, I don't know, the YouTube channels that seem to kind of just put out endless content that's supposed to inspire you and make you feel creative. I think a lot of the time people fall back on that stuff, or at least the quote sounds like it's saying that people fall back on that stuff as a way to motivate you to go about and try and live it. But I think the issue with philosophy is that without actually applying and doing those things, all of it is just simply kind of like I was saying about my books that just seem simply pile up, that they look great on the, the bookcase, but I'm never actually reading them. And there is this place for absorbing information 
and actually trying to apply it rather than just kind of trying to continually absorb it and and, and accept it as um as truth really but yeah i think uh there's also a level of comfort though in philosophy is such a wide subject that you can find a reason to rationalize pessimism and optimism so regardless of how you're feeling on the day whether you're feeling great whether you're feeling sad whether you feel like the universe is aligned or not there's always somebody who has theorized you know a, 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 well there you go a theory as to as to why you feel the way that you do but yeah try not to use that as a crux and actually trying to live your life first and think about it later is <laughs> at least to me that's kind of how the quote would read how close am i <laughs> reese do you want to have a stab or will i go into the no the just reason? go for it jack i think yeah. summarized it pretty well there yeah no it sounds like a spot on it sounds like it's incredibly relevant to you know just as bur like the feeling of maybe burning out and things so i'll read the i'll read the, the next bit so the busier we get the more we work and learn and read the further we may drift we get in a rhythm we're making money being creative and we're stimulated and busy it seems like everything is going well but we drift further and further from philosophy eventually this neglect will contribute to a problem the stress builds up our mind gets cloudy we forget what's important and result in an injury of some kind. When that happens, it's important that we tap the brakes, put aside all the momentum and the moment, return to the regimen and practices that we know are rooted in clarity, good judgment, good principles, and good health. Stoicism is designed to be medicine for the soul. It relieves us from the vulnerabilities of modern life. It restores us from the vigor we need to thrive in life. Check in with today and let it do its healing. Oh, I was way off. <laughs> <laughs> no, like I, I feel like there's so much in there that that's 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 what you were saying. Um, and I feel like I don't know. That's just I definitely feel like the I, I see something in there that's like stars have aligned with things that we spoke about in terms of like being too busy and the kind of like for me personally, just what was mentioned with the gig, the big build up, maybe acting more serious because of that build up and forgetting to kind of be more present and have those little bits maybe more kind of chill times and more present moments um which are difficult to have when there's all these things in the calendar mm. yeah when i get working that. towards things so it's, it feels like that's along those lines that's you know that little reminder that it's not something that we do to kind of combat all the busyness it's just something that we do to kind of come back to the presence kind of thing but yeah that's I'll I'll pass it on, but that's that's a nice one from that one. I think that's, that's been really relevant. Wow, that's that's, that's, it's a, that's really interesting, man. I'll have to get the um, I'll have to get the name of that properly so I can so I can note that down. Um, because it sounds like a really good read. I do think it's funny, you know, you're saying draw a parallel, and I know we're a music podcast, so we're always kind of like trying to relate things that that way as well. But there is a parallel to stoicism and how we think about like what we do every day as well, and what we kind of train ourselves towards. And one thing I see quite a lot is um. Somebody explained this to me. It's really funny. It's time traveling, right? Time traveling is you sitting down to practice. Um, and not that, you know, you sit down to practice in your pajamas and suddenly you're in Carnegie Hall, but that you're sitting down to play and you're imagining applying that information or that thing that you're doing or you're trying to kind of almost imagine that you are doing that on a stage or in a band or in a whatever. That's the time traveling aspect of things. And it's, and it's counter intuitive to what stoicism teaches which is very much just about being present and trying to 
be content with the present, which is <laughs> is a hard thing in life, but it's even harder in, in, in practice as well and, and just kind of feeling okay with the instrument. And I know last week we talked about obviously you guys' gig um, and how the experience of that gig is 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 great. You don't come upon it a whole lot of a lot of times. Um, but that experience of like getting used to how uncomfortable it can be to be present on a stage with a whole band where your monitors are feeding back, there's people in the audience you don't really know if this works, if this is in tune, if this person can hear you. And it's like trying to learn and become become comfortable with accepting that sort of reality is, um, I don't know, I suppose you can see stoicism in all walks of life as well. But I think as musicians as well, it's fun to, um, it's fun to see where it's applicable. I have a question for the both of you, because this is something that I have like struggled with just forever. I would be lucky in previous years if I'd got through like maybe maybe like three books max. Like for me, that would be like pretty good, like in a year. Um, obviously, now I've been using Audible because it works for me. But what role does reading play in your week? You know, like, do you set time aside? How do you do that? Like, what what does your reading time look like? Um, for me, it's, it's definitely coming back, but for a good few months, it was just non-existent. Um, but it's something I really love, like, especially go and find a coffee shop. I think I mentioned it before, but find a coffee shop and just go and do some reading for a good, like, hour and a bit. Um, and I would routinely do that. Um, just, yeah, when, when I'm in a kind of good habit of, um, reading and I, I definitely feel it's like, it's not something that's, you can't quantify how it helps you in your day to day, but it just does. Like, it, it definitely with things that I'm reading just feels like, you know, certain things, like what we just did there, it kind of feels like that quote that I just read from, you know, 31st of January is fairly relevant, but we, we wouldn't have known that if we didn't just get into that and see what happens. So it's the same kind of thing if you're reading a lot of stuff and then, like, you just never know if any of the stuff that you read is going to be applicable to maybe a lesson, like, or really valuable for one specific individual because of an experience that they've had. And you can maybe just share something that, Again, perspective, Jack, you were talking about that earlier. Um, the ability to have someone else's eye or ear just kind of see or hear something that you that you can't um, so that you can gain a, a different perspective. And that's actually what I love about, you know, like being open or just sharing ideas or sharing a lot of things is you, you gain other people's perspective. And I think that's that's probably one of the most important things. Um, it was, I think it was a, now I'm thinking of a Jim Carrey quote. I think it's Jim Carrey. It's one of the ones where it's like, a, you know, too much isolation. It's like, um, it can kind of take you away from reality. Um, I think uh, not having other people's perspective um, is, yeah, it's just, uh, I find having people's perspective is super useful. But yeah, it's super important for me. So I'm trying to make it more of a habit. Mm, I like that. Yeah. Reese, will you give me the question again as well? The question <laughs> is just, what role does reading play in your week? Let's just say. And how do you, or do you make a habit out of it? Because I, in the past, have struggled with that. Oh, I still struggle with making a habit of it. And I think um, I've learned a couple things as well, because I read lots of different kinds of things, but I don't, read, I don't read consistently. And for such a long time, I thought, well, it's because I don't like reading. I don't want to do it then, so I won't do it. But actually, it's not that. It's that I don't understand what kind of reader I am. And I think there's, there's always, you know, there's always these things that say if you want to instill a new habit, you've got to do it for a certain amount of time. Sure, that makes sense. But reading is not like it's not something to be drilled. It's something to try to enjoy. And it's something to, 
to take um, a retreat from, whether it's technology or screens or whatever, or your own perspective. That's a great one, Callum, as well. I really like that. Um, yeah, I think the thing that I found hard is, is, is sort of settling on what kind of reader I am, because I'm not a fast reader at all, at all. And I had to learn that out the hard way. Like, <laughs> I was really interested last uh, year in some of Dostoevsky's work. And if, see if I can pull up a, a book of Dostoevsky. They are massive. <laughs> uh, yeah, check this one out. This one is horrible. Um, the problem is, though, I got absorbed in the blurb. And then I thought, well, I'll just read a couple pages. This is how big it is. And I'm sure there's people who have, you know, read The Lord of the Rings that have gone, oh, that's nothing. I've read a doorstop of, 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 of literature. But for me, it was really tough just to get through a book like that as well. And also a book that's talking about concepts that are really, really tough to break down. I mean, they're obviously translated as well from the original Russian. Um, so there's a lot of kind of very interesting uses of language as well. But again, you know, Cam, like you're saying, there's like, there are lots of different perspectives, even on the story that's presented or the ideas that are in there as well. But I really learned something about myself as a reader. For one, I got to the end of it and went, oh, great, I've achieved it. I've got through this book. I'm going to go and tell everybody. I'm going to post it on Facebook. I didn't do any of those things. Um, but I did remember, or I did realize, I should say, I did realize that the kind of reader I am, I have to be reading maybe like 10 pages a day to really get through some, even just something small. 10 pages is not a lot to some and to, to other people, they think 10 pages, man, even half of that. It's just like, where am I going to find the time? But I think it's about it's about two things. It's about finding out what kind of reader you are. What do you want to take from books is a great one as well. And when do you read? When do you read? And the, I, the thing I have noticed, and it's why I've kind of got back more into a rhythm of it, just naturally of reading, um, is reading at night. I read something online that was saying... Uh, that you should try to kind of get rid of screens from your 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 wind down of the day and if you can do that an hour before that's i mean that's really great i'm someone i kind of struggle to do that from being honest like i like reading all kinds of things whether it's the news uh or it's the football stuff or it's just looking at really garbage memes that's just that's my life and i love it but i have noticed as well just general sleep improves when i depart from screens for the day and I think finding time to even just sit for like half an hour or whatever and read, it really, uh, yeah, it really caps off the day nicely. And it just gives you a different experience as well. But I also retain a lot more of that information, um, which is really great. But yeah, I, I would just say it's, if you struggle with reading, it's those two things. It's like find out what kind of reader you are, because you might be the sort of person that can sit and just, you know, tear through a book. Or you might be somebody who finds it really difficult like I do um, and then try to, you know, measure when it is that you read as well and, and, and how important that is yeah i think my thing is that i don't actually think i learn best by reading like it took me a long time to realize that as well because you know i've done my degree and all that and had to read loads of stuff but i don't know like the books that i have learned a lot from i've like tore apart and annotated and drawn all over but yeah maybe i need to create that relationship with reading again but i would much rather hear and see it and like, I feel like I retain information when I see people like speaking it. So maybe there's a bit of learning in there for me working at how I, I don't know, different ways to engage with literature. But I do find the audio, uh, audible, sorry, has been quite good. But when I think back to books, I struggle to express like what the thing is of it. You know, like what, what the point of it was. I think I maybe just, there's a, a missing link when I consume that kind of stuff. I need to find a way to digest it but high school was great because i remember you used to you'd, you'd have a book for like a year and you had to like analyze it all 
I wish I just wish I made myself go through that process with every book that I've read because I would know it so much better. Like, mm. yeah, I'm do listening you know, to a book right now. The Do you know Sapiens? A brief history of mankind, humankind. There we go. So I'm I'm getting through that, and I think I'm like a third of the way through, maybe. But there's so much in it that like I can't remember all the different types of things he was saying existed in the first chapter. You know, it's like it's there's so much in it. But yeah, I don't know. There is that thing though, like. I think as a reader as well, um, and there is there's a side of this as well that's the same for getting out of music school, I would say. Um, when you're in school, you are made to analyze things in um, uh, the, you know, the way that kind of meets the syllabus. So, you, you know, you're made to kind of draw links to things. You're made to kind of understand every single story arc and whatever, um, which is tough. It, you know, it, it's it's a really hard way to digest a book. It might be the most thorough way to digest a book, and that's great. And Believe me, like uh, through university as well, I did this, the same thing as well. I'd pick out books and then I'd sit and like write notes, not notes on the books because <laughs> that would get me in so much trouble. But, you know, like reading things and trying to digest every single paragraph, I realized that, again, like it's the same sort of thing with finding out what kind of reader you are, is that you have to break that mold once in a while and read something that... um, read Read something just for the face value that it presents rather than feeling like you have to jump into it so much as well but I, I i completely get that that side of what you mean yeah yeah i i don't know man i i actually enjoy the whole like tearing it apart in high school i think we were made to buy a version of the book or something like that or yeah they must have or would they printed it out anyway i i enjoyed that and I'm, I'm looking at all these books that i wanted to talk about i'm thinking like if i could go through that process with each one of these i would i'd get so much more out of it. and i think the beauty of like a book is that you can just open it up again and like get back into it a lot of people and i've been guilty of this and i think jack you've expressed it as well is that when you finish a book is that you feel that sense of achievement you're like i finished the book and it's like yeah but like how much did you really get and i think my issue is maybe I've not quite found a way for me to get the most out of these books. Maybe it's a case of just returning to it again and again. Uh, and I find, yeah, like I'm looking at this book that I started reading sometime, The War of Art, and I can't remember any of it. And it was like a year ago, you know. But Callum, were you going to say something? Yeah, I was just going to say, um, like, I, I don't I don't have that thing of, you know, needing to finish the book because... I think one of the things that, you know, the whole philosophy thing has taught me is that, like, I can always gain more understanding of things. So I'm always very willing to just, again, get, you know, just like we, you know, we practice in music. There's so many parallels that I see between, like, reading or just anything, to be really honest. Um, anything from how you connect, like, two bars together in a piece of music that are technically demanding to your understanding of, like, two sentences in a philosophy book. Um, where it's like you just maybe, we can't grasp all the, all the words individually and what what the intention is first of all like what is what what is meant by the by the writer and then what is your understanding of it but i think yeah i'm constantly like i think i've read the beginning of this book the politics by aristotle like five times and i've not moved further than that because the first part before it actually starts the book um in chapter one is talking about how these came to be and how I want to say the how these came to be is basically like a lot of Aristotle's works weren't 
the published books that we see. Um, a lot of it is actually all, all the stuff that we have from Aristotle is his personal note takings because they're the only things that seem to have survived, supposedly from the start of this book. A lot of the published works didn't make it. Um, so it's, it's really important to see how they kind of, I don't know if it's people's interpretation of his personal note takings or if it's um, uh, just understanding what he, what he kind of sets out to do so that you can kind of gain an understanding of what, what they set out to do, but then also how you think about that process and if it's the same as yours because i think that's one of the good things is you know you just don't take everything as as it is like you're always going to have your um interpretation of it as well so it's always i feel like it's just kind of intermingling ideas um again perspective i think that's a big one nice well i was thinking a nice way to wrap up so that we can shout out all these books that we have read is to do a quick fire like go around maybe give Top three suggestions, potentially. Music or non-music, is that's fine. Um, does anybody want to kick this off, or shall I try? Jack? Oops. Um, okay. Right. Well, I will, I will mention the, uh, the book that I started off with, which is Oliver Sacks' The Man Who Mistook His Wife for a Hat. I've been really enjoying that. I think it's really good. Um, one that I've not talked about that I think Reese, you'll immediately go that was on my list is effortless mastery by kenny verner that's a really really great book to read there you go that's the one um really important book i think especially for improvisers for people that are just trying to understand the relationship to music i think there's a really full-bodied um view of that relationship it's really great and i think he writes in a really clear and concise way as well uh, so it's a lot of fun to kind of really read that and, and and kind of unlock your 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 yeah your feelings on the instrument uh let's see what else would i choose that's a tough one i might have to look at the old uh the bookcase i'm sort of thinking the same i'm like what do i really want to recommend right now and i'm like um this one i'm gonna have a quick relook at some of mine so i'm, I'm gonna disappear off shall i shall i jump uh, in or do you want to get to your final one jack do you know, i will say this i know i know a lot of people have already heard of this book but i, I still think it's a great book which is julia cameron's the artist's way which um, I, I was talking to somebody recently about this book, actually. It's one that like a lot of musicians know. They know about it. They, they, they enjoyed it. But there's some really, again, there's some really great writing in that book as well, just about what it means to be an artist, the practice of it as well. I suppose what it means as well in, in, in the modern era, whatever that really means, um, in the metaverse. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be another one then. So The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. Those are my uh, suggestions then. Nice. All right. I'm going to jump in and agree with you on effortless mastery. My dissertation supervisor gave me a hard copy when I was writing my dissertation. For whatever reason, she thought it was a good time to introduce me to it. And yeah, it's one of those books that like really just changed, I guess, my life. Like it really changed the way that I look at things. And I'm always recommending it to people. So I'd say that's definitely up there. Another one that I really enjoyed reading um is a book by piano player called Fred Hirsch called Good Things Happen Slowly. And it basically just details his life as a piano player, but also as, yeah, like, I won't ruin a book, actually, because there's, there's so many little bits that, yeah, I don't want to give too much away. But anyway, he has a very kind of awkward life, but he still manages to create beautiful music out of it. And I found that to be really interesting. And the uh, hmm, I'm kind of torn between two books. 
one of them, yeah, I'll go with that. Descartes' Meditations. I read tons of that when I was in high school because I had to. And it was at a time when my brain somehow worked with books and I also got to write on them. Um, and I just enjoyed studying his philosophy. Uh, I thought it was super interesting. It was the first time I'd ever been challenged by literature because when you're in high school, it's, I don't know, reading stories for the most part. But yeah, in this class, we had to try and understand what he was talking about in his books. And yeah, that was that was super interesting. So I'd say effortless mastery, good things happen slowly, and Descartes' meditations. Nice. Um, yeah, I need to get my hands on effortless mastery because uh, you've said so many good things about that recently. I've not I've not had the chance to read that one yet. Um, but yeah, top three for me. I can't I can't really. I feel like it's just been so long since I've actually finished a book, but I just I'm, I'm, I don't know ones that I, I've really enjoyed recently. I've got this one here. Uh, a music theory one that's the is it Vincent Persichetti the harmony 20th century harmony um I've got this one I've got the I've taken off the thing so it's just hardback but um yeah that one I've really enjoyed that one giving me a better understanding of um yeah, lots of different kind of concepts and yeah probably just the philosophy philosophy ones definitely this one I'm really enjoying this one so um the daily stoic um by Ryan Holiday and then yeah I'll probably just say Aristotle's politics as well that's the one I was just mentioning so that's my top three at the moment cool well those are our book choices that this is a really kind of interesting and different conversation for us here on sitting in as well um thanks for listening and as always if you would like to support the podcast I'm not wearing one today unfortunately but the you can see the two boys are um you can support the podcast by buying from our merch store as well all proceedings help run the podcast they help us do new things and have kind of new projects you can see we've got mugs we've got sweaters we've got all kinds of things great materials so just know that any of your your donations or purchases really help the podcast out and as always if you want to caffeinate us <laughs> and help us really run on the bean juice we also have a link below for uh buy me a coffee that's right so i'm sure you'll see that in the description as well but yeah um thanks for listening and it's been been really interesting to cut this off and i'm sure we'll be back next week for something else fun and different but we'll see you soon bye